Greetings, Earthlings. This is Born to be Mild, and I'm your host, Kelsey. Consider me your resident overthinker, your professional cynic, and a massive self-critic. From interviews to audio diaries, let's consider Born to be Mild our space to explore all of the things inside and outside the comfort zone, exploring life, especially the messy bits. This is Born to be Mild. I was about to say welcome back to the podcast, but honestly, I've I would be just welcoming myself back. I took a little break for Thanksgiving and then just because, you know. The holidays in general, I know that they elicit like a lot of different feelings for people. Some people are very romantic about it and it's their favorite time of year and there's a lot of like really good stuff there. Good memories, good vibes, good feelings. But for a lot of other people, it doesn't really do that. There's a whole host of reasons people may or may not enjoy the holidays the same way that others do. It could be because this time of year reminds people of the closure of the year and therefore all the things they've lost or potentially all the people they've lost. There's also potential that there has been trauma around the holidays. So, you know, either the loss of a family member or a friend during this time and and it sort of taints the holiday. I mean, I know for a fact that we had... um a family medical emergency back in March. And it was like pretty much right around St. Patrick's Day. Like I'll never think of St. Patrick's Day the same. I'll always have that little bit of an inkling of, oh, this, you know, this thing happened. So yeah, I'm always sensitive to that. And around this time of year, I, I sort of think through what the holidays are like for other people and and also a little bit of inward reflection about what it's like for me. I've definitely never pretended to be somebody that likes Thanksgiving as a holiday. I actually, quite frankly, find Thanksgiving to be the biggest bullshit on the planet. Like, most holidays are commercialized nowadays, so yeah, I get it. We have, like, cartoon depictions of pilgrims and turkeys, and it's all bullshit. Like, it's all bullshit. We've sort of been, like, sold this message by corporate America that Thanksgiving is... This time where we all came together around a table, it's like, no, it, it's actually kind of a holiday about like genocide and disease. So I just, I'm not a fan of the holiday for those reasons. But then like beyond that, I don't have great personal history with Thanksgiving. Here's what I don't love about some holidays and the way that it happens in the family structure. For me... I feel like as you get older, you kind of realize, yes, you're born into a family. That's your blood family. But at a certain point, and I don't know if it's like college or just adult life or or what it is, at some point along the way, you start to find, or hopefully you start to cultivate this group of people that become more of your chosen family, the people that you seek out and then stick to because you align with them on like personal values, the things that you guys care about in life, the the things you're passionate about your morals, you know, all the right reasons to stay with people. And it sometimes makes it really apparent then, once you find that group, how sometimes on the blood relative side of things, maybe you don't have as much in common other than the fact that you are, in fact, genetically related. And that's not me trying to, like, insult anyone in my own family. It's just that is what it is. Like, we're not always the closest with every aunt, uncle, cousin, on the table because we just, as humans, don't connect in that way. 
The TLDR is I'm basically in my no bullshit era. So I'm not going to be performative anymore in this life. Like I'm about to turn 31. I don't have time to be pretending anymore at this point. I started to notice my real rage about Thanksgiving when I can't remember what year this was, but it just was like a light switch had flipped. I showed up to a family Thanksgiving and I had basically, you know, it felt like a corporate event. Like you walk around the room and people are like, oh, how's work? How's life going? And it just sort of made me realize I hadn't even really spoken to some of these people since the Thanksgiving prior or the Christmas prior, and they had no idea what was going on in my life, and I had no idea what was going on in their life. And at that fork in the road, you kind of have a choice to make. You either decide, I'm going to prioritize then being involved in this person's life, or I'm not, because time is this really finite thing. And it's actually the one resource that is not regenerative. So you can lose money, you can spend money, you can do an investment that doesn't work out, but money is potentially this regenerative thing. You can earn more of it. Time is the one resource, I really think, when you lay it all out on the table, that you can't get back. So at some point, you have to make a decision. I'm either going to invest and I'm going to spend the time to be involved, or I'm not. And again, I, I have to be careful because I want to make sure as I'm sharing my life, this is like an audio diary podcast. Most of the episodes are solo episodes. It's about my life. And so I want to share that and I want to be open about it. But then I'm also worried about offending people, which maybe I should just stop worrying about offending people. But I don't know. Here's how it felt to me. It felt like checking a box. If going to that type of event feels like checking a box to me, I maybe should assume either, well, I shouldn't assume anything because you know that phrase, but maybe I'm not the only one that feels that way. Like maybe we're all just showing up to this event because we feel like we should. We feel like it's obligatory to have this, this gathering where we all check in once a year and then we feel better about ourselves. It's sort of like if you were ever wrapped up in any church. I'm not religious now. I don't really enjoy organized religion now, but I had a time where I would go to church and you know, there's those families that show up just on Christmas Eve or just on Christmas Day or just on Easter. It's sort of like that. Like they're checking the box. Hey, Jesus, I'm still here. Please don't send me downstairs when I die. I checked the box. I showed up for a day. I think when the Friendsgiving events that I showed up to started feeling warmer and more comfortable and like I got to feel like me when I showed up to those events and nobody was asking me what had happened in the last 12 months, they knew, like they know me, they know my life in and out, my every day, what, I, what I'm going through, how I feel about work, what's happening. When I started to show up at that table and that table felt so different, that's when it made it so stark and apparent, the stuff that like wasn't working for me during the holidays. Beyond that, I also think the holidays have this really potentially tumultuous ability to just bring out the absolute worst in some people. Like, I don't know about you, but I have found myself at some holiday tables, friends, family, coworkers, whatever it is, it doesn't matter, where people just say shit and you're you like can't even believe that somebody thought it was appropriate to say what they're saying. That could be something that is like borderline racist not borderline sexist, like political and and not fully educated. People just like to hear themselves talk. 
y'all, they love to hear themselves talk. And the holiday table sometimes ends up being the like one microphone that your crazy fucking uncle just loves to rant into every year. So let's just talk about how to survive, basically, because for some people, the holidays are not this thing where they look forward to it every year. It's actually this moment they dread. And I'm kind of in the middle. Like there are pieces of it I'm not super into. There are people I absolutely adore spending time with when it comes to holiday gatherings. So I've got a little bit of the taste of both worlds, but either way, here's here are some of my survival tips as I've mustered through the wilderness that is the holiday season. I think the number one thing I've had to do as I've gotten older is I've just had to recognize my own limits and set those limits. I know that this doesn't feel like a truth, but I'm going to project it into the universe as the truth that it really is. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And the moment I realized that, after thousands of dollars of therapy, my life got so much fucking easier. Here's the truth. You don't have to go home for the holidays. If you don't like it, if it doesn't make you feel good, if your family is toxic, if it's not a safe space for you, you don't have to go home for the holidays. And it doesn't matter what Aunt Catherine says or your mom says or your dad says. You don't have to do it. You do have to be ready to receive whatever the consequences are. That's what my therapist did did tell me. She was like, look, you just have to be open to like other people are going to react in whatever way they're going to react when you make a decision. But like you don't have to do anything. You don't have to go to that party that you're dreading. You don't have to talk to that person that you don't like very much. You don't have to do anything. Nobody's forcing you into these scenarios. So you have to evaluate as a person the like cost benefit of going or not. Is it going to cost you more peace? to go and be miserable or be on defense or be walking on eggshells or to be just surrounded by the toxicity? Or is it going to cost you more to deal with the social backlash of choosing not to go to protect your sanity? My thing is I'm just like getting ready to say no to some plans. And that's my tip number two. Just learn how to say no. And it's okay to say no. And it's even, I'm going to be honest, I think it's even okay to lie a little bit about it if you want to avoid the the social backlash from it. It's okay to set a boundary and say, I can't make it to that plan. Either because that's going to stress me out, I'm too busy as it is, I don't have enough time to myself to recharge, or quite frankly, you just don't like who the guest list is. That's okay. It's okay to say no to going to something. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't even make the other people on the other end bad people. It's just not, it's just not a thing for you. It's not your journey. And that's okay to say no to plans. The real piece I've always struggled with, and this is not necessarily a holiday only problem. It can be an all year round problem, but it seems to peak around the holidays is I don't love when I find myself in a situation where I am hearing things that I just like my soul cannot agree with. And again, that could be like a political statement. It could be something that like the language is kind of racist. It could be something that is sexist, whatever it is. It's it's not okay. I can't, my ears can't hear it. And maybe that's me being a sensitive little snowflake that I don't want to hear a quote unquote different opinion. I do think there is a very big difference between people expressing their opinions and having a right to those opinions, and then some of those opinions being downright offensive. Those, to me, are are two different categories. 
we actually had a seminar last week at work. It was virtual. I think it was for like an hour and a half. And it was actually about sexual orientation and gender identity expression, which I appreciate that I work for a company that gives us a space to like learn about these things, ask questions about these things in a very non-judgmental way. So I there were a lot of really good questions that were asked by people in our company that to be honest, I I wanted to know and I've always felt nervous that I don't want to offend people. Like I don't want to ask and accidentally offend someone. That's never my goal. But then where do you learn, you know? So I, I think it was smart of them to host something where we could attend and learn and get our research and and just have it be a space to absorb and to ask. But, you know, something I actually ended up asking in this seminar because it was all about, you know, talking about gender identity and the way people choose to express it. And this is a very fluid concept. And this is not new. This is not new. As much as we like to think this conversation is making headlines now, you know, gender identity has been something the Greeks wrote about it. So just saying, this has been around for a while, but people seem to get pretty pissy right now. I know that I have definitely been in spaces where I have heard people say things like, oh, it's a choice now. Oh, people just, it's trendy to choose to be whatever you want. It's trendy to be bisexual. Like, I've literally heard these things come out of people's mouths, and and I, I've never known how to respond to that because there's a piece of me inside of me that doesn't really believe that, like... But then there's also a piece of me that's like, I don't even know how to have this conversation with somebody that thinks that. So something I asked was, how do you? Let's say that it's Christmas and you're at a family table and someone says something like that and makes a comment like that. Do I engage? Do I try to educate? Do I try to have the conversation? Or does it make me a really shitty ally to be quiet? Like, I can't tell what my role is in this scenario. The response I got from the person leading the seminar was such a great tip, and it was kind of the inspiration for wanting to even do this episode, but essentially what they said was, you got to identify the people sitting at the table and their capacity to have the conversation. You have to be able to sit there and identify what the space is and how much of the conversation people sitting at the table can actually reasonably hold. So while yes, there is a level of you should see if you see something going wrong and if somebody says something that is really wrong, there is a part of me that still believes, hey, we have a right to say something. But it was also really refreshing to hear someone very experienced say, sometimes that's not going to do anything. And that's okay. It's okay to recognize who's at the table and set a boundary about what you will or won't discuss or what's appropriate to discuss. And then you move on. You, you politely steer the conversation somewhere else because the reality is, is we're not going to be able to have this talk together. I think let's consider that our permission to walk away from conversations that don't serve us, don't serve them, don't serve anyone. Like there's just some talks we're not going to be able to have. And you know what? I don't really know why some people think it's even appropriate to bring up some of this shit at the places they choose to bring it up. It, it makes no sense to me. So... Yeah, if you find yourself in that scenario, shut it down. Walk away, don't engage. If you think that there's an opportunity to have a really fruitful conversation and and you know, 
you can learn something and they can learn something. That's great. Like I'm all for engaging in that. But sometimes that's not the case and we just need to walk away. My last tip is to try and erase the shit memories and replace them with better ones. So again, like my Thanksgiving hasn't always been my favorite holiday, but what is now my favorite part of Thanksgiving is is Friendsgiving. We actually have a, a friend who every year hosts his own, their own uh, Friendsgiving, and we go over to their family's house, and it's just... I mean, it's a lot of alcohol, I'll be honest. It's a lot of alcohol, which most years I don't engage in. But I will say last year, my actual Thanksgiving was so bad. Like I had, it was the worst Thanksgiving to date and I will never forget it for the rest of my life. But afterwards, I showed up to the Friendsgiving and I was just throwing back the goblets of wine, eating all of the Russian food on the table. And you know what? It was a damn fucking good time and I'll never forget it. So that's where it's like, I'm upset or sad or I can mourn that maybe last Thanksgiving was not great, but I also have this like really distinctly warm and happy memory that I get to sort of like spread on top of the dry toast, like beautiful organic salted butter from grass-fed cows. You know, the toast wasn't great, but shit, the butter on top made it made it okay, and it made it maybe even better than okay. It actually made it like a really good tasting meal. At this point, we're all the stewards of our own lives. We're not under our parents' roofs. Maybe some of us are, and that's fine. Do you. Save on rent. I get it. My husband did that for years. And you know what? It was very strategic at the time. My point is, is no one's going to live this life for you. And the decisions that you make now, like, they're yours, and you have to own them. So I think let's, like, all have a little more control over it rather than letting it control us. Rather than letting the holiday season absolutely destroy us by all these quote-unquote obligations we feel like we have to attend and have to say and have to put up with, yeah, to an extent, sure. Show up to something for an hour. If you got to check your box, you got to check your box. But then I think I want to push myself and push everyone else to find different ways to make it yours and do whatever makes you happy because we don't know how many Christmases we got left and... I just want to spend it the way I want to spend it with the people I like. So here's the deal. If I show up to your party this year, you know I fucking like you because I ain't going anywhere. I don't want to go anymore. Whatever you celebrate, happy holidays to you. Or if you don't celebrate at all, also good for you. (laughs) Consider this me wishing you the best. Godspeed. XOXO Gossip Girl. Thanks for listening to this episode of Born to be Mild. Don't forget to leave a rating and a review and subscribe.